Now, let's look at the scriptures. That's why we're here. We are studying the book of Matthew. We're going through the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, verse by verse. Why? Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to everybody, teaching them to obey what I've taught you. Well, why did Jesus teach him? When you think about obeying Jesus' commandments, do you know what his commandments are? We know about the Ten Commandments. Are you aware of the dozens and dozens of Jesus' commandments? Most people are not. They've never read them. That's a problem. You need to read the Bible so you can learn. So anyway, we're force-feeding you through this issue, this practice of going through the whole thing. It'll take us a while, but we're going to look at it. And I want you to see what Jesus taught. How, what is the Bible really teaching is the purpose of this exercise. Now... We are in chapter 4 of Matthew. Jesus has been baptized, or actually born, then baptized. Uh, he goes into the wilderness, tempted of, of Satan, comes out. He starts to preach, repent. That was his message. It wasn't just believe in me. It was repent. You need to change. Okay, turn to God. Turn away from wrong. Turn to God. And then he starts calling disciples, and they're starting to leave everything and follow him. And then we pick up in verse 23. Now, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, I'll bet. The Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Now, as we look and we start reading the Gospels, there is one thing that pops out extremely clearly, and it is this. Jesus heals people. He heals people. He hates sickness. He hates disease. He hates the suffering it brings. And if there, it's impossible to read the Gospels and not get the sense that Jesus healed people. It was the one thing that set him apart from any other. You know, he said, well, you know, Muhammad was a great teacher and Buddha was a great teacher. Yeah, they might all be great. Don't put Jesus in that category. He wasn't just a teacher, he was a healer. He did miracles. He would lay hands on people and whatever was ailing them would leave. It was extremely powerful. Say, so, well, that was Jesus. Well, no, it wasn't just Jesus. The apostles, if you'll read the book of Acts, after Jesus went into heaven, they went and did the very same thing. Healing people. Over and over again, we see how the Bible ties together this idea of healing. It's almost synonymous in many places in the Bible with forgiveness of sins. In fact, Jesus at one point, we'll see it. Some people got all upset. The uh, leaders got all upset, the religious people, because he said, well, I forgive you of your sins. <gasps> you can't do that. He said, well, what's easier, forgive their sins or heal them? And then he said, boom, he heals the guy. And they all freak, you know. I mean, it's synonymous. Jesus heals. They healed throughout the New Testament, the writings of the New Testament. 
John, even years later, wrote, I pray that you may enjoy good health and it may go well with you even as your soul is getting along. God wants to bless you. He wants you whole. He wants you healthy. He does not want you suffering with sickness and disease. Now, over the last hundred years or so, there has been an onslaught of teaching from evangelical Bible teachers. These guys are right. Great guys. But for some reason, they, had, they went through all kinds of intellectual backflips to try and convince and teach people God does not heal today. Now, what was their motivation for it? I think most of it was they were reacting to extreme Pentecostalism, where people were bouncing off the walls and rolling down the aisles. They believed in healing. Well, if they believe in healing, then we must not. So they went through all kinds of crazy thinking to explain that God does not heal people. One of the most famous arguments is in 1 Corinthians where it says, when that which is perfect has come, that which is temporarily needed will be put away. Well, they make this huge intellectual backflip that, well, what he's talking about is now that the Bible is written, that it's now the perfect has come and we don't need miracles anymore. Again, a huge break from reality in there. You've got to go all kinds of hoops to come up with a conclusion like that. First of all, the perfect has not come. Or is it just me? <laughs> we don't live in Perfectsville. I don't care if the Bible's been written. We're not living in perfect. Are you crazy? He's talking about heaven. Heaven will be perfect. And in heaven, we won't need healing or anything else. Okay? Because we'll have everything. It will be perfect. Where we live is very imperfect. In fact, a lot of what will make heaven heaven is just that it's not here. Because here bites. It's hard. Anybody notice that? Work, struggling, paying bills, dealing with kids, trying not to kill your spouse. There's a lot of work down here. The idea that perfect has arrived, therefore the miracles of the Bible no longer apply, is insanity. Yes, God still heals people. And in fact, he wants to heal you. Now these people also say, well, no, no, if you get sick, it's God's will. Really? Well, if it's God's will that you're sick, why are you going to the doctor to get out of the will of God? Hmm? And if it's God's will for you to be sick, come up here, let's pray for you. You'll get even sicker, so you'll be more in the will of God. It's absurd. God, God doesn't want you to be sick. He wants you to be well. And man, we're talking Old Testament to New Testament. The Bible is replete. You, ugh, I'm telling you, the reason people don't see this is people don't read the Bible anymore. Half of you don't read it, little rats. We read about the Bible. We hear idiots like me talk about the Bible. You see bits of the Bible on TV, but you don't actually read it. You need to read it. It will change you. And you start to understand what God thinks and how he thinks. And what, when you start to understand the way God views things and what he wants to do, this is good news. It's like people are afraid to look at the truth because they think, oh, it's going to be bad. No, the truth is good. Jesus said the truth will set you free. 
free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. How'd you get free? Because I read the Bible. Hallelujah. Think and start to understand the way God thinks. It's a blessing. It lifts you up. It doesn't put you down. Just tells you to stop doing things something you don't want to quit doing. That's your problem. Now, last week I gave you some scriptures about how to handle temptation. I said, if you struggle with temptation this week, you quote the, you speak these words in your life. It'll set you free. And I've already heard some incredible stories this week of people who, man, everything was different for them this week. That is the power of the scriptures. Some of you didn't do it. That's why your life stunk this last week. All right. Look, you got to, at some point you just got to choose. I can't do this for you. You can either live in Blessing or in Sucksville. All right. It's up to you. Do whatever you want. You know, Moses did this. Moses said, I set before you life and death. And then he had to tell him at the end, hey, choose life. <laughs> Seriously? So he's like, here's life and death. They're going, hmm, I wonder which one. I, would... I said, you can live in blessings or in curses. You can live in faith or in fear. You can be healthy or sicker than a dog. Hmm, I wonder which one I'd like to do. <laughs> you do it. You do it on purpose. Now, I'm giving you this week some scriptures on healing. Remember, when Jesus was being attacked by the devil and all these thoughts came at him, he didn't freak, he didn't panic, and he didn't use God power to push it all away. He did what we're supposed to do. He simply said, it is written. And he quoted the word of God to him. And Satan left him alone. Some of y'all in your physical bodies, you need to start quoting God's word for healing and get into a place of faith. God does not want you sick. Now, there's a difference between being sick and getting old. <laughs> not to discourage you, okay? I got parts in me I didn't know existed, all right? They just kind of ache, <laughs> you know? I don't know that that's sickness. I think at some point you just get old. Eventually everything falls apart, you die, and you go to heaven. Amen. Yay. Yay. <laughs> The good news is you go to heaven. The bad part is everything falls apart in the meanwhile. And you die, which kind of bites. But that we can't get out of. But I'm talking sick. God doesn't want you sick. He wants you to be healthy and he wants you to be whole. You need to learn to walk in faith. Quote the word. Speak the word into your life. This first one, Exodus. says, his blessing will be on your food and water and I will take away sickness from among you. Man, speak the word. It's a good prayer to pray when you're praying just over your food. Instead of saying, thanks God for the grub. Say, Father, we thank you for this food. We thank you that you bless our food and water and you take away sickness and disease from us. In Jesus' name, amen. What did you just do? You spoke the word of God. See, when you speak the word, it changes stuff. Sometimes you got to speak it to yourself. Look at the next one, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to himself. Now they tell me when you talk to yourself, you're crazy. But apparently, that's a different kind of crazy. Apparently you can talk to yourself and not be crazy. Because he's talking to himself. Hey, soul. Praise the Lord. Don't forget his benefits. Why? Because we forget. You will walk along and if you don't keep your head in spiritual, you will forget the benefits of serving God. You'll forget the benefits of faith. And you just run it. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself, I got something. 
I got some tools that will change my life. I was watching this stupid movie yesterday. Um, what's that thing called? Johnny English. You ever see this? Is it Johnny English? He's the English guy, the bug-eyed guy. Really funny. It's hilarious. So stupid. So anyway, he's like this stupid secret agent, which I relate to because it's kind of my life. And uh, he says everything he does is stupid, but somehow he succeeds because he's so stupid. It's kind of like the Pink Panther, only stupider. And uh, he's, you know, he's a secret agent, and, you know, dun, 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 dun. He's got all these gadgets and stuff like that. Well, the moron would keep forgetting <laughs> the gadgets that he'd have, and he'd pull out the wrong gadget at the wrong time, you know. And uh, at the end, they're shooting him, and, and they're shooting at him, and he pulls out this umbrella. He says, aha, the bullet-repelling umbrella. Phew, but it's the wrong umbrella, and bullets are flying through. And he's going, ah, and everybody's yelling at him, push the because it turns into a rocket. So he finally pushes a button and it blows. He had to see it. I thought it was funny. So anyway, so it's like we forget that we have the rocket propelling grenades in our arsenal of faith. We don't have to just be sick. Another movie. I watched too many movies. Uh, Lord of the Rings. I was watching the scene. Frodo's there with his little fat buddy, you know, and they're hanging out. And all of a sudden, the orcs are coming. Ah! The orcs are the bad guys. And, and they're about to be discovered. And all of a sudden, Frodo runs, oh, I have the invisible cloak. Everyone should have one of these. And he goes, and the orcs jump, and they can't see him. Otherwise, they would have been orc bait. You don't want to be orc bait. So, that, so it's, like, it's like that for us spiritually. It's like we forget we have tools. So he's saying to himself, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Don't forget, don't forget his benefits. And he starts rattling off these benefits. And one of the benefits I have written here for you, two of them, he says, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself, hey, God is my healer. God does not want me sick. He wants me well. Hallelujah. It's called getting in a place of faith. Again, faith or not faith. Blessings, curses, sickness, disease. Choose faith. But it doesn't happen automatically. I know some of you guys, you try to have faith. <laughs> That's not how you have faith. You can <laughs> all day long and you're just going to blow a gasket somewhere. That's not how you, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to speak the word of God into your life. It will bring faith. All of a sudden, you realize you have some of these blessings. You get to a place of faith, and now you can start to succeed in your life. So, well, now, Pastor, are there any exceptions? Yeah, there are exceptions. Now, sometimes, oftentimes today, people focus so much on the exceptions that the rule doesn't mean anything. That's true in agreement. We're going to be getting to this as we go into the teachings of Jesus here, because he says some stuff that are, whoa, ow! And we focus so much on the exceptions that we discount the word of God. Dangerous place to be. We're not going to do that, but you'll see it when I get to that. I won't even bring them up because you'll make you upset for the next three days, but uh, we'll eventually get there. Um, but uh, we oftentimes focus so much on the exceptions, we blow away the rule. No, the rule is God wants you healthy, well, and blessed. Are there exceptions? Yes. Let's take a look at a couple of them. One, sometimes God lets you get sick just so that God can be glorified 
when you're healed, follow me. You can't get healed if you're not sick first. Are you following me? Okay. Everybody wants a miracle, but everybody hates miracles. You know, when you get sick, oh, God hates me. No, how about have some faith? Maybe God, the reason you're sick is God wants to heal you. And they're, wow, and it encourages you, and other people are surprised by it, and it's called for the glory of God. Okay, that's why sometimes people will get sick, just intentionally, so that God can be glorified. That's not always, those are the exceptions, but sometimes it will happen. He's upset about that, but that's the way it happens sometimes. <laughs> All right? Now, one of the other reasons sickness comes into our life is if you are playing a game with God and you're living on the edge and you've got half your feet in the world and in sin and doing all kinds of things you, shouldn't, you know you shouldn't, but yet you're trying to serve God, God will kick your butt. It's not a good thing, but uh, in a way it's a good thing. The Bible actually says... If you're a child of God, one of the ways you know that you are a child of God is when you step out of line, God will smack you upside the head. This is a good thing. If all of a sudden God's going to smack you upside the head, that's good news for you. It means you matter. If you never get smacked upside the head by God and you don't even know what I'm talking about, that's a bad sign for you. You need to reevaluate. Are you really walking with God? Because one of the signs, the Bible says this, one of the ways you know you are a child of God when you step out of line, ho, chee mama, Okay. He'll snap you around. He can use all kinds of things. One of them, this is debatable. Some people get mad about this, but the Bible is what it is. Paul said, just when you take communion, he warned people when you take communion. He says, man, don't do this casually. And listen to me this morning. If you're playing games with God this morning, you like coming to church, you like the singing, you like listening to me ramble and stuff like that, but you don't really surrender your heart to God and you're living in sin and you're doing all kinds of stuff you shouldn't be doing and you're trying to, when the communion cup comes, let it go by. Let it go. Don't take it. Paul warned them. He says, if you take communion in an unworthy manner, it will bring curses on you. Wow. Life is tough enough. I don't need any curses on me. Okay? And then he goes on. He says, that's why some... This is what Paul said. That's why some of you are sick and some of you have even died. What? Yes. Some of the early Christians were so sick and they would eventually die from sickness for one reason. They were just taking communion casually and not taking it seriously. Let me encourage you. Take it seriously. It will bring great blessings. But if you're not going to take it seriously and you're playing games with God, man, just let it go by. You don't want to be dipping into that. Okay? There is a definite connection between willful sin and sickness. We even see it. I got it listed here in James, the fifth chapter. Uh, it says, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they will be forgiven. There is a tie. As I said earlier, Jesus talking about the one guy. I forgive you of your sins. What? I'll heal you. Either difference. Boom. There's a tie to it. Sometimes if you're living in deliberate sin and God will smack you upside the head. Again, these are exceptions. Here's another exception. Sometimes you will go through some very difficult times in life for no other. It's not because you've sinned or done something unworthy or, uh, you know, whatever. It's just because God is testing your faith. The good news about that is it has a beginning and it has an end. It's temporary. It might take a while for some, but it's temporary. We go, it's called the testing of your faith. It's when God sticks you in the furnace and cranks up the heat. 
And it's not very pleasant. But you come out on the other end and you are stronger, you are better, you are healthier. The Bible used the analogy of gold. Pure gold gets that way because they just heat it up and they burn off every impurity in there until you get 99.99999% pure gold. The only way you can get there is through fire. And that's what the Bible uses the analogy of our faith. Okay? The gold that you have in your rings and jewelry is not pure gold. If it was pure gold, it would be too soft. They intentionally mix it in with other alloys to stiffen the thing up. Pure gold is bendable, extremely valuable. By the way, if you have some extra pure gold laying around, <laughs> it'll help you. It'll be great. All right? So the same way is with our faith. Sometimes you go through something, and all you do is you just suffer. Again, not a very popular message, but the good news is that usually it's temporary and you come out on the other side. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we've shared many stories of crazy things that we've done in our lives. <laughs> some of it's just outrageous and hilarious, but God just shows up in an amazing way. I've shared some of these stories with you. Very entertaining, very encouraging. They've been encouraging in my life. But then you got stories where it just bites and you don't see a whole lot of miracles of anything. We've kind of gone through that just now with her last cancer thing. Not a whole lot of miracles happening, just a whole lot of suffering. You know, but it's temporary. She's done now. Praise God. They say there's no more cancer in her. Hallelujah. So, uh, and she still has six weeks of uh, radiation, but that should go fairly, fairly easily over the next six weeks. But uh, sometimes you just, you just get thrown in the oven and he cranks up the heat. And you know what? It's really hot and it's painful, uh, but it's a good thing. At the end, sometimes God just uses, you know, David, boy, talk about a guy with guts. He prayed for trials. He said, search me, oh God, see if there's any wicked way in me. Test me, God, try me. Oh man, I don't pray for trials. <laughs> I hope they don't come. I don't want any more. I don't like them. I don't like the furnace. It's very hot in there. But the good news is at the end of the day, it builds character in you. I was talking about Bob and Dana Gustafson. You know, they have their little girl, Adderley, who's gone through just series of just horrible, painful surgeries. Guys, it's, it would rip your heart out if you could hear what that little girl has gone through and what they've had to do for her. And I mean, it's been brutal. Now, God has been there with them, encouraged them, answered prayers, but most of it has just been pure suffering. But have any of you noticed besides me what character is in Bob? The difference in that guy when he gets up and preaches and speaks over the last year than ever before. I mean, this has built such character in him. Gold inside of him. I wouldn't wish that for anybody. I don't think I could handle something like they've gone through, to be honest with you. God knows what we can handle. He says, I'll never give us what we can't handle. I think I'd freak, but they have really gone through it. And sometimes I say, well, why does God do this? Sometimes, sometimes you just get thrown in the oven. And the good news is there's an end. You go through it, you come out, it builds character. So there are those exceptions, but generally speaking, you have to understand something. And we'll see this as we go through the gospels. 
No way. You cannot possibly read the New Testament and not come away with one over. Because we're going to see it over and over and over and over and over again. How many times Jesus went out of his way to heal people? There is only one time, I believe, recorded where Jesus didn't heal people. In fact, we'll see when we get there. It's a little shocking. It says he could not heal them. Now, he's God, right? God can do anything, right? Apparently not. Amen. What do you mean? There's some things he can't do. And in this case, it says he could not heal because of their unbelief. You know, at some place, just if you're full of so much doubt and unbelief, God can't work in your life. So, oh, pastor, that's me. All right, well then, let's be intentional. Let's get, how do I change? How do I change? Start reading the Bible. Quote the word. Get some faith in you. The only time God wasn't doing miracles is when people canceled it out because they just couldn't believe it. Let's not be those kind of people. Let's be the kind of people where we expect God and trust God. Don't get mad when you go through tough times or you get sick and stuff, but quote the word. Stand in faith. Believe God. Resist that stuff. Come forward for prayer at the end of the service. That's why these guys are up here. You're sick or something. Most of these guys come up are sick. They're, coming, they're doing what the Bible says. If you're sick, go ask for someone to pray for you. Don't just sit around and be sick and miserable. At some point, you become a successful Christian because you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now, you can stay sick and tired, and God still loves you, and we'll still like you. May not want to hug you because you have diseases or something, but we'll still like you. But at some point, you say, I don't want to be this way anymore. I want God to set me free. And we're talking about the God of this Bible. We're talking about the Jesus of the Gospels who went everywhere and healed everybody. That's the kind of place we want to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lots of growing. Lord, at times it's kind of shocking when we see where your word is and where we are. There's a big gulf. Lord, there's a lot of unbelief in our world. Clearly, it's the main reason we don't see more miracles. Help us to get to a place of more faith. Help us understand, God, you want to do these things. Help us to get the word in us so we know that you can and will do these things. And Lord, if there's one thing that marks us as a people of faith, let it be that we are healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy, our families are healthy, spiritually healthy, financially healthy. God, this is your desire for us. We see before us set today faith or struggling. Help us to choose faith. In Jesus' name, amen.